Hello and welcome to John Thoughts. Uh, you heard that right. It is uh, still upstream. Still upstream with Jim and John. Uh, Jim, my dad, is on a uh, two-week-long bike ride. A cross-country motorcycle ride. Not bike. Not like Forrest Gump style. Just hoofing it across the country. I wish. Uh, not I wish that for him. I'm Whatever. That sounded mean. Like, he could use it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Normally, we try and plan ahead for these kinds of things. And we did. And we considered it, but we had this idea for uh, John Thoughts or Jim Thoughts. Um, for anyway, so for, for either of us, if we had some off the cuff idea, and if you can't tell already, this is very off the cuff. This is um, ill prepared, one could call it. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so just me this time, and it'll be brief. Um, and every now and again, maybe even if we have a week of upstream, if either Jim or John wants to do a Jim Thoughts or a John Thoughts. Uh, then we then we might and uh, and a new venture so uh, feedback as always is requested and appreciated please uh, so yeah John thoughts it's uh, like on a normal episode podcast or, or of upstream you know we'll do like takeaways I don't think I don't think I'll have a takeaway after John thoughts and I don't think you're gonna have one either <laughs> so uh, if you're down for some uh, irreverent rambling from yours truly then I'm, then uh then this is the program um so yeah uh basically the idea is that we would talk about whoever's doing the thing we talk about something a thought that's been nagging them all week we have these things um i'm sure everybody does where you know you have this thought or this problem or just something that you're that you're that uh what, what's the term it's nagging you i was gonna say you're nagging it that's not right that's nagging on you and uh, and for me, at least, they're cyclical. That's why this couldn't be a regular thing, because you guys would just get bored. I would bring up the same John thoughts pretty regularly, because it is that way for me. It's just, um, I figure something, I have this, this nagging thing, and I eventually work my way through it, and then, you know, maybe if I'm lucky, a few months go by, and then I'm, and then I'm back. And it's, uh, it can be as, as frustrating as that sounds, but again, I'm, I'm sure I'm not unique in that. Uh, anyway, I have this... Uh, Working, yeah, I've mentioned my hypotheses before on Upstream. I have a working hypothesis on the weight and meaning of individual moments, right? So, um, what prescribes meaning? And I'm pretty sure, I'm sure I've mentioned this at least in passing in an episode because I do think about it a lot. And I think, um, like in a story, right? Like in um, Saving Private Ryan, right? I'm going to spoil this movie. It came out, you know, 20 years ago. So, too bad, so sad. If you don't want to hear this, then pause it and go watch. You know, one of the best war movies of all time. Um, Saving Private Ryan. Spoilers now. Um, a guy dies. Tons of people die, actually. Like, this whole squad dies, basically, for one guy. For this guy to, to go home uh, to his parents. Because his... It's like a PR... I won't get that into it. Point being, that the sacrifice was meaningful. Right? These men. The sacrifice was meaningful because... Um, because this man went on to live for a long time. And even then, if, you, if you're going to do the semantics of life and the meaning of individual lives, the value and worth, then it's, you know, which I don't think you can do, but even if you could, you know, a dozen lives for one life is not, that's not, um, that's not palatable. That's not good math. But the point being that this guy, you know, the, the, the memorable line is, uh, is Tom Hanks' character saying, earn this, as he's dying to Matt Damon's character, and the Matt Damon has this weight to earn the sacrifice with his life. It's kind of not great. It's supposed to be powerful, but it's, a uh, it's, I don't know, it's definitely not, not the Christian message, I guess. 
Um, so anyway, the meaning, right? The 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 reason that sacrifice checks the boxes is because this guy had you know x number of years, and he went and had a family and had kids, and those that family unit wouldn't have existed, and those kids wouldn't have existed without this sacrifice, and that means something. Um, so what if if you're just thinking about it, and there's a few stories like this, um, which I won't you know I'll try not to spoil everything in John thoughts, just saving Private Ryan, I guess, but. Um, a guy say um, lays his life down for a brother in arms, and then that guy goes home, and then in like six years, right, he gets cancer and dies, and uh, and maybe he, let's say for the sake of it, he didn't have kids or he had kids before he left, so he got more time with his kids. Well, that'll that'll that'll, that'll be it. He had kids already. He gets more time with his kids, about six years more time, and then you think, you know, um, was that really worth it? Was what was that sacrifice worth? And, uh, and just stuff like that. And then, uh, and branching off, you know, meaning of, of a moment, what is the, what is a moment worth, um, depending on its ending. And we've talked about this on, on upstream before, or at least, um, maybe that was a T minus seven, but between our, our private conversations, our upstream, and our T minus sevens, I do get, um, <laughs> I get, uh, lost on what we have and haven't talked about me and my dad. Um, or, or, or what you guys have and haven't heard is really, you know, anyway, um, I was nervous that I was going to feel like I was talking to myself, uh, because there's no one else on the other line of this. This is just me to you. And, uh, and it's not that it's not bad. Feel, I feel pretty good. got some coffee, got some uh, jazz playing, which you can actually hear soul jazz. Anyway, um, the, the happier sadness of the ending and, um, the value of the moment, uh, because of that ending. So, uh, a couple having a really beautiful evening, right? They go on this amazing date they have, they talk about all their memories, you know, they have some great food, some good laughs, they dance, a great evening, and then, you know, then you know, say you, you're, you're omnipotent or something, or it's your, it's a movie you've seen before, you know that in 10 years, you know, maybe they're divorced. And so what is the meaning of that moment? What is the, what is the value of that one night, right? And in the macro sense, that's a, that's very micro, in the macro sense, um, what is the what is the value of a moment of happiness or of love um, or of sacrifice if the ending is nothing? If the ending is infinite darkness, and um, and a lot of people would say, and, and I definitely get this. I think there's a lot of value to this that the brevity of life is actually what gives anything meaning at all. That if we lived forever, right? If we were eternal beings, then these moments wouldn't mean much because there's so many of them. The only thing that makes a sunset rare or even meaningful or beautiful. Is because it goes very quick. You could sit there for 15 minutes and it's gone. And yeah, there'll be another one tomorrow night, but those rare, you know, orange, beautiful ones, excuse me, you only see those a few times a year, you know, something like that. So uh, I definitely get that, that actually the brevity um, and the non-infinite worldview actually makes things sometimes more meaningful because of their scarcity. Um, but I think if you're looking at meaning, uh, that's it's so meaningless, that, that darkness. And... Um, this is basically my, my conundrum. What, what moments mean anything? And because of, say that same thing with a couple with the divorce, right? Um, because of the uh, ultimate redemption of mankind to God, right? If, if you believe that, and, and I believe I believe that, and I, and I think you do too because you're listening to this. Um, excuse me, I lost my train of thought. So because of that ultimate redemption of humankind to God, that even that divorce, um, you know, the ending is good. And it puts a, a good tinge over all of the evil. So, yes, that evil thing happened. That sad thing happened. That terrible thing happened. But 
you know, in the same way that we could reverse that, that beautiful moment happened, but then they split up. That terrible divorce happened, but then, you know, the righteous were, were with God for eternity. So it's, it, uh, I think it, it prescribes a certain, if not, it, if not meaning in itself, then a certain kind of meaning, a positive meaning. Um, we were watching, uh, to, uh, I'm shifting gears, uh, same, same basic conversation. We were watching this show, me and my wife, and, uh, I won't mention the show cause that one's definitely new and that one might be spoilers, but, um, basically, um, the show, I, I, I view media in, in two different ways, storytelling in, in particular, not, not all media, but, but fiction mostly and storytelling mostly, um, storytelling that has a message right and they even if it has this elaborate world um like 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 um basically the difference between like um c.s lewis like narnia and between and and um and star wars and star wars has a meaning or i guess uh, game of thrones would be a better example even though i haven't watched or read them but uh really it's things with a meaning with, with a message right a very specific message and the main reason that this story exists, that the series of books or shows or however exists, is because it, it is to get this message across. So that's Narnia. Um, yeah, all these, the plot is good, and there's random plot stuff, but the goal of Narnia is to introduce you to Aslan and to introduce you to Jesus. and um, Or to get you to know him better, or, you know, however, to, to get kids to understand him better, or, or picture him better through these literary images. Uh, really, really powerful. So there are moments in Narnia that, like, that, that, um, you know, brought me to the verge of tears and stuff with, um, Hustis Scrub, I think his name is, in the Dawn Treader. Uh, his redemption, uh, as a dragon and Aslan saves him. Really crazy, crazy cool stuff. Anyway, um, those exist for a, me- for a message. And then there's media that exists just to have a, basically entertainment for a plot. And they might have messages, like, I- I'm sure Game of Thrones messages are like, um, you know, war is bad. Or, you know, something like that. Um, again, no clue. But the main point of it, they have he has, similar to Tolkien, he has um, just volumes and volumes and volumes of lore for this world of, of, you know, past leaders come and gone who have no real bearing on the story except to make it more real. And the whole point of it, and, and Tolkien had a lot of, you know, again, biblical themes similar to, to C.S. Lewis, but Lewis is like right on the nose. If you've read the Bible for 20 minutes, then it's, you know, it, it that allegory really smacks on the forehead where uh, Tolkien's a little more subtle. And uh, anyway, so I was thinking in a show where the only goal is to get a message across, right? Similar to the show we were watching, similar to Narnia, right? So think about Narnia, because that's probably pretty accessible if you um, have been around the church for a while. Or even, I mean, they made movies when I was a kid and the book's been around forever, Um really really good by the way i don't really i don't care how old you are they're very good and they're quick they're so quick um i read that during one of my summer jobs i read all of them um uh so like a moment in so so i guess i'll use the show as an example because it's fresh on the mind so there was i believe the show primarily has a message even though it is entertainment for its own sake obviously being a tv show um but there was a moment that um that I thought would mean something, right? It's a tense moment. The show is kind of, it's a crime uh, mystery type show. And there's this tense moment. And um, and I thought it was going to have this big meaning because the whole show, each season, has its own kind of message. And, um, and then at the end of the show, I realized, oh, hey, that scene never really ended up meaning anything. 
Um, it never really had a bearing on the overall plot. It never didn't have anything to do with the message that the show was going for. And really, it only existed, um, that specific scene, just for entertainment, just to make you feel tense. It's a very tense scene. It's very like one character almost catches on to what another, another character is doing, and then he doesn't. Um, and it's just there to... Um, to inspire emotion and and to take you on a little roller coaster ride in the middle of this show, and um, and I was thinking, well, that's so weird, and um, and I think because I definitely, if you can't tell, I I get into absolutist mindsets, right? Every moment must have meaning, or no moment must have meaning, um, and I think I I generally do lean towards every moment have meaning, but but there are you know. You sitting here, um, you sit on like on your couch, you get home from work and you watch, you know, something or you're on your phone. That's a better example. You're on your phone and you're just on Instagram or Facebook or whatever for a little while. Um, what's the what's the meaning of that? You know, you don't see anything worthwhile. Um, you're bored and you shut down the app after, you know, five minutes and then you go you go up in the pantry. Right. So that that um, that five to seven minute moment. What was that? What was that worth? What did it mean? Um, and generally I can say probably nothing. Um, and now I'm, I'm just rambling. This is, I mean, Hey, I warned you, this is John thoughts, you know, know, we're not always going to get to some kind of message. Um, but anyway, this moment in the show that was due, that was only existed seemingly for entertainment, right? Um, it, I think it came back to this question I had about, um, native Americans and in the, the story of, of Jesus, the story of, you know, of the gospel and, and of, of, um, God's efforts to redeem mankind. So we had a certain thousand number of years, number of thousands of years, so like 7,000 years, right? I don't know. I'm sure I'm saying something some of you are going to cringe because you actually know what you're talking about, and I don't know what I'm talking about. Before Jesus. So God creates man, and he uh, interacts with them for a long time, and then um, for a very, very long time, uh, without pre-Jesus. And, you know, you can talk about the, uh, uh, I forget the term, where Jesus... Uh, the theory is that it was him in the flesh, like when um, Jacob wrestled an angel, quote unquote, uh, that it was actually Jesus. I forget the the name of the um, the term, but it's uh, there's a few of those. Anyway, uh, before Jesus really chronologically appeared, and um, and stuff like that. So uh, you have all those years um, without this without the Savior, and then he shows up, and and it makes sense because he says, you know, when he's here, he says we are entering the end times. You know, the end times being revelations is, is really the end of the world. But he says we are in the end times now. We're in the, you know, uh, the we're with the sun setting. And um, so then but then I was thinking then after from, from between Jesus for another like 1300 years, 1400 years again, maybe 15. I'm, I, I get my history weird. I'm, I think it's 15 um, before uh, anybody who knew the gospel came to North America. And you have the Vikings um, who came to, you know, Nova Scotia um, a while before then. And they, they had been um, proselytized too. But they were still, uh, you know, they had weird like pagan fusion stuff. And I don't know if they introduced their religion to anybody that they found on the North American continent. I'm not sure. Point being, Jesus gets here. And then you have 1,500 years before an entire continent's worth of people hear the gospel. Right? And I and it was, it uh, struck me. Because I was like, well, what about those people? Right. Like what about all the people who died, you know, all these Native American people who died um, between, you know, zero A.D. and fifteen hundred A.D. And even then, when people did show up and knew the gospel, they didn't get treated all that well. The the natives, you know, they definitely weren't um, 
I don't, you know, I don't know. And, and I think a lot of in history, history is zoomed out, right? So I think there's a lot of small stories that I will never know. And no one will ever know. Maybe not even in eternity. I, people say that like, oh, I'm going to ask God this question in heaven. It's like, I don't know if you're even going to care. You know, you might just be, you might just be happy to be there. Uh, anyway, um, so maybe there, there, there are these stories, you know, of, of really, really beautiful um, moments of people finding Jesus, right? Um, even from these, these white conquerors to these native tribes, maybe there were still beautiful moments. Um, you, you know, like, um, um, I was about to call it Pride Rock, like from uh, Lion King. Um, What's the, the that rock where the, the pilgrims came? Um, oh my goodness, I can't even remember. I'm sure when I'm editing this, I'll be kicking myself. But anyway, you know, the, the classic Thanksgiving story. And now it's not really cool to say that, oh, they, they just sat and had this big, beautiful meal and they were all friends. And I'm sure it was more complicated than that. But um, anyway, so what was, what did the lives of those people mean in the story of God? Right, those people between zero A.D. and fifteen hundred A.D., or even you know, it took a lot longer than that for us to get to the West Coast. So, or maybe I don't know. I think it did. Anyway, all those lives, right, and even all the lives uh, from the beginning of time till then. Uh, what did those mean? And it really it gave me a uh, it was a hang up. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a different way to word that. It, I was going to say it, it hung me up, but I don't think that's appropriate. It was a hang-up of mine. You know, what What about these people? Um, but really, looking at it narratively, right, um, it's the story. That's the wordage I used. And, of course, because I'm, you know, there's this thing I find very funny. I'll, I, I promise we'll get right back on track. Um, you know, like a scientist will say, everything is science. And then, like, a linguist will say, everything is language. And a person who loves story would say, everything's a story. And it's just whatever you think, whatever you're into, everything is that. You know, I'm just waiting for one guy to be like, everything is basket weaving. It is, you know, uh, my conversation with you is weaving a big conversation basket. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so, of course, because I love story, I I use this language and I think about this a lot. But but truly, in the, the story of God, right, and just this incredible glacial pace that God progresses his relationship with us, that it took so long for Jesus to get here. And it took so long for even the first covenant with, uh, with Abraham was a good, good, you know, it was after the, after the flood and, and, uh, oh man, now I'm second guessing myself there too. I'm sure I'm just paranoid because I'm the only one talking. If my dad was here, he could tell me if I was being an idiot or not. Um, anyway, so, so the point being, um, that in the story of, of existence, um, that's not, that kind of makes sense. And especially because God's relationship with people was originally just for the Hebrews. So really there are billions and billions and billions of people from the dawn of a uh, man until, uh, Jesus even, even, you know, 2000 years ago who weren't God's chosen people. And so we Gentiles couldn't even be, excuse me, couldn't even, um, you know, know God and have a relationship with God. Uh, and actually there were, there are, I believe, um, examples of Romans, um, it, when Jesus is around who were, um, you know, practicing Jewish customs and stuff like that. So, and who knows how many instances like that there were, but point being that, um, biblically, you know, God wasn't, we were not God's people until 2000 years ago. And that's a long period of time where, um, he was looking out for the Hebrews. He was looking out for the Jews. And because they were his people. And then he opens up the kingdom 
the kingdom of Israel was God's kingdom, and now the, the kingdom of God has no borders. You know, it's this beautiful, beautiful imagery. It has no walls. It has no geography. It is, it is a people group with no uh, skin color. It is, you know, it's really, really beautiful. Um, but the point being that it took a long time to get there. So what about all these lives, right? These, these lives of people who were not um, God's chosen people. And, uh, and I think you have to look at it as the story. You, if you look at the one life, right, um, you get you know, life is a long time. Even back then, say a person lives 40 years, and that's like an average lifespan during a certain period of time. You know, 40 years isn't nothing. That's one person who was born and died and had, you know, maybe they had dreams. You know, they had people they loved and people who loved them. Um, and they never knew God because they weren't God's chosen people, or they were born even post Jesus, um, but because it wasn't during God's appointed time where they could know Jesus. And you know, there's a lot of a lot of guesswork, um, and a lot of instances where you could say maybe God had you know showed signs to these people, but before anyone even knew they were there, right? Before, when we thought the world was just Europe, when the when the the um, Eastern Hemisphere thought the whole world was just Europe and, 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 and Africa. Like, that was the whole world. They didn't know about, you know, the other continent or whatever. Anyway, so, so yeah, what if God had these this relationship with these people and showed signs and wonders? And there's really no way of knowing. And uh, I'm not here to say that didn't happen. Um, but the point being the seeing it as the story. And I guess that's where I go back to that show, that scene. What did that scene mean? It was just there, and it showed one facet of the whole thing. And I think in everybody's life, you'll see these instances of beauty, like I mentioned, and you'll see instances of horrific sadness. Um, man, what a bummer of an episode. <laughs> um, but the ending, like I said earlier, you know, it, it tinges everything. And I wish I could wrap this up easier, but Hey, that's John thoughts. What are you going to do? Right? You don't have to listen to this. I'm not paying you to listen to this. You can turn it off whenever you want. Uh, Anyway, so that's that's basically, I think, really the beautiful, beautiful thing, right? I think I ended that little segment on a, on a downer, but this is the really beautiful thing. When you think about meaning, um, the areas of the planet where the uninhabited areas of the planet. I saw a stat the other day that uh, Ketchikan, Alaska is the rainiest inhabited place on the planet. Uh, right? Maybe that was just North America. Might have been just North America, but the point being that there is a difference between inhabited and uninhabited. And, you know, in Job, right, probably my favorite scene. I mean, that's that's a big statement, but maybe my favorite moment from the Bible. Maybe. Um, I guess I shouldn't pick favorites in the first place, but when God answers Job in the storm, and, uh, and oh man, he just, he just goes off, you know. Are you the one who tells the ocean that you can go to this point and no further? You know, are you the one who placed the stars in the sky? Are you the one who, you know, all these crazy things? He says, are you the one who, uh, you know, feeds the birds in places where no man will ever set foot? And that, boom, that's it right there. That's exactly what I'm talking about. The vast, think of the northern, um, the vast, uh, uh, the great white north in Canada, right? The... Um, just intense boreal forest or bo- boreal, boreal forest, Point, uh, northern forest or in Russia or, you know, anywhere, just thousands and thousands, and thousands of square miles, maybe hundreds of thousands. I'm not entirely sure of, of really, truly untouched or uninhabited forest. 
and um, and there are animals there, and and you know the Bible says that God cares for them. You know he he dresses the the um, foliage in the springtime; they they bloom. And what do those mean? You know, if no one's there to see it but God, does it still have meaning? And uh, I mean, yeah, I guess if you believe the Bible, then then yeah, it does. And that's really, really, really crazy. And I don't think I have my head wrapped around that. That just a mama bird putting a gross, chewed up worm in its baby's mouth in, you know, the frozen forest. I'm sure they migrate, so it wouldn't be frozen if they're up there. But, you know, in in a place where no man has ever seen and God sees it and it has meaning because he is the one who created it in the first place. And he, you know, the whole reason we're here is to delight or worship God. And we've done, I guess, a poor job of it a lot of the time. But anyway, I guess that'll do it. 25 minutes, 25 and a half minutes. I mean, it's a John thought, you know, it's not going to be the full hour, which maybe that's a good thing. I'm sure I'd be exhausted listening to this if I were you, but um, feedback, 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 please. Hugely, hugely requested, especially on this one, because this is so not normal and uh and next week my dad will definitely be back and we'll be doing um we'll be doing jim and john it'll be episode 62 i think um if i'm wrong you didn't miss an episode it's just my shoddy memory um yeah really really grateful for you guys for listening um if you made it this far especially you're a you're a true blue we should give you like a free t-shirt or something i survived john thoughts one or something like that i don't know um but we really appreciate you guys. Um, you can act, you can reach us or see us or keep up with us on uh, uh, Jim and John on Instagram. And uh, you can private message us there or you can go to jimandjohn.com. No H in the John, just J-O-N. So that's J-I-M-A-N-D-J-O-N uh, for all of our stuff. And for uh, jimandjohn.com, yeah, there's a uh, contact slip there. Fill that out and we'll get that. Or you can do uh, info at jimandjohn.com for email. You send us an email there. And, uh, yeah, or comment on our posts on Instagram or send us a, a private message. And, um, and uh, the world's crazy. And uh, I hope you guys are doing good. And uh, staying strong. Maybe we'll, my next thought, maybe I'll, I'll say this here so I can go back and listen to it if I'm struggling. But on the power of noise and on the uh, how susceptible we are to the influence of noise around us. That's another big one. But I'll spare you for now. Uh, thank you guys again. And... Uh, We will, I will, I'm alone, I will see you next time.